You're listening to episode 24. Hey there, Business Generals family. Welcome to another super episode of the Business Generals podcast where I feature amazing guests and I ask in-depth questions about their entrepreneurial journey. You know, my belief is that it doesn't matter how your journey in life started. It's not that important because great or small, the important thing is how you finish. So whatever your situation today, I want you to know that you can get your hopes up, that you are good enough to chase your dreams. In today's show, family, I dig into how it all started for our feature guests, how they have built their brand, and I even get into all the juicy details about their big challenges, their growth moments, and all their big breakthroughs. So it's going to be an amazing show. I actually selfishly started this podcast because I love to hear how entrepreneurs did it, and I wanted to ask the questions for myself. So really, I am the number one student. So get ready for amazing coaching tips, family, to help you maximize your business dreams. Welcome and thank you for joining me here on the Business Generals Podcast, where I chat with amazing entrepreneurs five days a week. Davis Mutabo here, your host. I am super excited to bring you today's feature guest, Mr. Josh Elledge. Josh, are you ready to share your entrepreneurial story? Yeah, absolutely, Davis. Fantastic. Well, Josh is the Chief Executive Angel at Savings Angel, which is a cool title, where he shows people secrets on how to save money, enjoy more lifestyle, and create more abundance. He's also the principal at Upend PR, which helps business owners get their brands into the news, um, which is uh, Josh's background. In addition, Josh is a syndicated TV consumer expert across many markets uh, within the USA. So I'm super pumped to dig more into your story, Josh. Welcome to the show. Um, before we get stuck into your story, maybe just take 30 seconds to tell us who is Josh outside of business. You know, I, I'd say, you know, I love being a dad. I love being a husband. I love... Um, you know, I, I love just being very active with my family. Uh, you know, but I'm I'm very very passionate about the skills and gifts that that I've developed over the past well now 45 years, I guess since I just celebrated my 45th birthday. Um, you know, and, and and I'm just very thrilled to be able to serve audiences, and you know, it's it's something that I teach in terms of you know, helping other business owners get lots of publicity. And once they develop a skill that's extremely valuable, is helping them teach that skill to as many audiences and as many large audiences as they can. Mm. That's fantastic. And we'll get we'll get more into your story and your business as it has evolved. Um, how long have you actually been in business for yourself, Josh? Uh, since I was in middle school. <laughs> um, it was, you know, I was the kid that was buying candy at the gas station and then selling it for twice or three times what I paid for it at school, um, I got in trouble for that. Um, and uh, you know, I think I've almost always owned my own business. When I was in the United States Navy, I would uh, even when I was in school for journalism, uh, I remember every Sunday night I would iron uh, all of uh, all of the other classmates' clothes, and they would pay me, uh, you know, five to ten dollars a piece, and. It was a great way for me to pick up an extra eighty hundred dollars uh, or so every uh, every Sunday night while I was just watching TV or whatever. Just uh, just bust out a bunch of ironing. So it's just kind of in my blood. Savings Angel I launched uh, ten years ago, and I think kind of our success story is that we've done over five million dollars in sales, and we've done next to no advertising. All we do with Savings Angel 
is public relations. And so because we developed or we had this amount of success, I I kind of accidentally started a public relations firm. And so we work primarily with author, speaker, coaches, small business owners, um, small, you know, just small companies that are looking for a solution to get a lot more publicity and do so at a price point under $2,000. So that's kind of primarily who we work with. And we, we help them become famous. Uh, and we turn entrepreneurs into media celebrities, which is really great for people who are publishing books or uh, for those who would just like to drive a lot more sales. Mm, that's great. And, and so how do you find yourself now pivoting into PR? Um, is that directly out of savings, um, Angel? Well, no, and and you know, again, I I wouldn't say pivot um, just simply because Savings Angel is a company that's doing quite well. Uh, I, I just I have such a passion for helping people that I find myself now uh, running two companies, and both are again both are doing very very well. And you know, most successful entrepreneurs that I know when they start to you know, they, they have a lot of experience under their belt. They've been in business for quite some time. It's not uncommon for them to to run or have a hand in, you know, either in being a founder or, you know, being an investor in multiple companies. And I think that people can do that uh, if they can manage their time and priorities well. And so, um, I, so I, I don't really necessarily uh, think the pivot is the most accurate word. Um, it, it's just that I have more of a contribution to offer to um, not just consumers with Savings Angel, but to other business owners as well. So I really don't want to keep my uh, my flame hidden un- under a bushel, as it were. Um, you know, I really, you know, with this gift, I I really want to be able to serve those that that audience. Mm. And and you're absolutely right because I know from from um, from your background you you actually owned um, a media company a newspaper business um, in in the past and so that's kind of been a part of your your background but um, I want to also ask you how did the idea of um, savings angel come about because I know that's part of your messaging in in the PR space to say what's your your story of origin for your business etc and that that's important as you're creating that. Um, that publicity. How did that happen for you? Yeah, like most businesses, um, you know, a lot of the best businesses were born completely out of necessity, not necessarily, hey, here's a way that I can get rich. And in fact, you know, if you're still at the beginning stages and your business, you're looking at it as just a way to get rich, then, then I, would, I would challenge you to reconsider why you're doing that because that's only going to sustain you for so long. Because when if you don't have the heart and the passion to truly change something and when the money doesn't come in, let's say you have a period of three, four months where sales are dry, you're just not getting anything and you're only doing it for the money, well, you're going to be out of business. You're going to give up. You're going to throw in the towel. And so, you know, Savings Angel, I needed that service. And so my dear wife and I, this was 11 years ago, we're doing our family budget. 
And I asked her, well, how much money do we spend at the grocery store? And I guessed, you know, in the United States, I guessed, oh, you know, maybe four or $500 a month. And she's like, are you kidding? We spend like $800 a month. And I'm like, are you, that's ridiculous. That's a lot of money. And so I thought, oh my gosh, there's got to be a way that I can save and cut my grocery bill in half. Because I've heard of other people who have done that. And so I read a stack of books. I mean, I really just tried to find as much knowledge as I could. And I just became obsessed with this idea. And what the experts agreed on is that there's two ways that you can cut your grocery bill in half. You can either grow all your own food and you can really go, you can go back to an agrarian society. And, and that wasn't going to work for me. I just didn't have the time to do that. Or your other option would be that you have to take advantage of incentives from manufacturers and retailers. And those are coupons and store sales, but you have to time the discounts at the same time. Coupons by themselves are fine. Sales by themselves are fine. But when you stack both of them at the same time, let's say you have a, you know, a box of breakfast cereal that goes on sale. And then at the same time, there's a $2 coupon for that breakfast cereal. Well, now you could potentially get your breakfast cereal for next to free. In some cases, all the way free. When we get, we share with our members at Savings Angel how they can get free groceries almost every single week. Wow. And so let me understand a little bit more about um, what you're offering at Savings Angel and, and whether that product has changed since 11 years ago. So, so it's a membership site, as I understand it. And how much are members typically paying and what are they getting from you? What service are you providing? Sure. So what we do is we database everything that the retailers and the manufacturers are doing. So we do all of the hard work. And so we just tell you exactly what to buy. Now, I know you have a very global audience, Davis. Um, so our product primarily just works in the United States, but we do a lot of content that would be applicable no matter where you live. Our membership is $3.99 a week. And with that, they should very easily be able to turn their $4 a week investment into $100 or more in savings. And I know that that sounds outrageous, uh, but we've been doing this for 10 years. We've helped many, 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 um, close to, well, we've helped millions of people um, directly through our media work that we've done. Um, but, you know, as a membership site, um, you know, close to 100,000 members, um, we've, we've helped to cut the grocery bill in half. Wow, um, that's amazing. And I, I know I've, 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 you're right, it, it does apply here. And I, I, in fact, I remember a story of a lady um, whose husband was, I think, like a, a train driver. So just a standard working career. And she was a stay-at-home mom of like six kids. But she was couponing and, and pulling all these savings together and managed to pay off their mortgage within like seven or eight years and have like two investment properties. And I, I still think about that every every time I, I listen to stories like this. So so it, I guess it does work and uh, and you've proved it for, for many, many people out there. Um, I want to ask you, during your journey at the beginning, how did you know you could execute on this idea to keep persevering and to know that it's going to work? Well, I didn't. Um, and, uh, you know, but I, I just thought that the idea was really, really good. If, if I could help people cut their grocery bill in half, that would likely be something that would be of value to audiences. But one thing I learned, and I knew this, is that exposure is 
everything. It drives business. And if you don't have enough people coming through your front door as a business owner, then there's a couple of problems with that. Number one, obviously, you're not going to get any sales. But secondly, you're never really going to be able to grow your business aside from that, because we need uh, traffic and we need audiences. We need numbers. We need that so that we can get data. No person getting into business for themselves is a fortune teller. We just don't know what is going to work. So the first version of Savings Angel was pretty archaic compared to what we do today. And that's okay because businesses and products and services will evolve over time. And we made those evolutions based on what our audience was asking for. And so if if I didn't get that data, if I didn't get people signing up, I would never know that. I would never know how to create a superior product. And so, again, I believe that exposure is everything. And which is why, so when I started at the beginning, I had no money for advertising. I had no money for marketing. So instead, what I would do is I approached radio stations, newspapers, magazines, Anyone with an audience, and I said, look, I would love to advertise, but I just don't have the budget. Is it possible that uh, I could create some content for your audience? I'm, you know, familiar working in radio, or I've, you know, I owned a newspaper for a while and, you know, would love to create a a, a regular column uh, for you. And so I had a little bit of authority that I could do that. And enough of them said yes, so that I started building my media empire. So I started with a local radio station just doing a weekly segment, and that turned into doing national radio, uh, you know, eight to, oh my gosh, eight to 12 radio stations every single week, plus a bunch of national syndicated stuff. And then uh, I started doing um, with my newspaper column, that ended up becoming a news, a syndicated, a syndicated newspaper column that now reaches over 1 million readers every single week. And I've been doing that for over seven years. I uh, started doing a lot of TV and now I do, I've been on TV over 700 times. And uh, I do a syndicated TV segment that is in 75 cities throughout the United States, uh, two to four times a week. And then I do a lot of local TV as well. And I've been going in every Tuesday morning to my local affiliate uh, in, in Orlando, Florida, for now over six years. So that's what I do for advertising is that I just serve audiences and I try to provide as much value as possible. And as a result... Um, I'm not selling, but I'm serving. And if you serve audiences, then they will get to know you, they'll get to like you, and then they'll begin to trust you. And if they know, like, and trust you, then they're going to want to do business with you, and they'll want to buy your products and services. Yeah, I love that. And congratulations. That is huge, huge credibility and um, huge authority, I guess, that you have built over time. But, But it all started with one radio station, one newspaper. And did you always have that long-term vision in mind to say, I'm going to do this for the long haul for, you know, seven years um, every Tuesday? That That's a huge amount of consistency. Was this always part of your game plan? I know this is where you teach. 
Oh, absolutely. So I was comfortable, you know, somewhat comfortable working with the media just because in the United States Navy, I was a Navy journalist for five years. I had owned a newspaper, so I was used to interviewing uh, people. I had owned a blog uh, with that newspaper. I, I mean, so I was really familiar and comfortable with that. And so you know, it might sound a little audacious what I asked for, um, but, you know, I was able to share with them what my mission was. And I think it was largely the mission of Savings Angel, which helped me get that support because I informed them that, you know, my mission with Savings Angel is to help end hunger, lack and need in our community. And I believe that you can do that by helping enough good people uh, experience just a little bit of abundance. See, it's that it's the fear of scarcity, I think, is what keeps us from being more generous. And so we focus at, with Savings Angel on helping our audience uh, fill their own cup. And then when their cups are filled, they're in a better position to fill the cups of others. And so just empower enough people to do, you know, good people to do what they want. And that is how you wipe out hunger, lack, and need. And you start filling pantries, food pantries, and uh, working with nonprofits and charities, and we can do a lot of good. And Savings Angel, we estimate, has facilitated more than $10 million in charitable giving uh, over the past 10 years. Wow, that is huge. So you've, you've found a way um, to give back. Now, let me just get this clear, because I know there's two, two streams that you can look at this. And one you've just touched on to say, you know, fill their cup so it's overflowing and then they can give back, you know, without feeling that scarcity um, sort of eating them up. Um, then on the other side, and you've talked about this on other shows, I know, is um, um, where you help people say, hey, use your coupons, use our system, use your membership to actually go and buy groceries to to give away, essentially. Um, so which one um, works uh, more into that $10 million um, impact that you've talked about? Well, it's very practical because each week we say, okay, well, here are the products that you can get for free. And so if I share that information to a large media audience, then I know that people are going to go out and get that product. And if they're able to pick up more than they need, then I'm encouraging them, that's okay. And then just please find a charity or maybe a family who's out of work, um, you know, maybe a, a college student that's struggling right now, um, you know, whatever it may be, and just find a way to, you know, go into your own pantry, uh, fill up a bag or two of, of food. And, and make a donation, just drop it off. You're going to feel really great for doing that. And, you know, when you're talking about the kind of audiences that I have the, uh, the unique privilege of, of serving, then, um, it, it doesn't, you know, it, it, it really just takes that repetition of that message over and over again to those large audiences. And, you know, we're talking about some pretty big impact, uh, throughout the, throughout the world. So, you know, you think about why you got into business or why I got into business or the person who's listening to us. Why are you getting into business? Are you looking to make an impact? And so I'd ask you to consider, well, how are you going to make the biggest impact possible? And largely, that's going to happen if you can 
get in front of large audiences. And so the next thing I would ask, and, and we do a lot of this through upend PR, is saying, well, let's identify up, uh, the, the website upendpr.com, is that we, we identify, well, what are some opportunities for service to other audiences? And what value can you bring them? And so, you know, with entrepreneurial audiences, I largely just give all my best content away in terms of how to get in the media. You know, with consumer audiences, I give all my best information away completely free. Uh, and as a result, I know that that makes a bigger impact among that audience because I want to give them stuff that they can very easily take and use and they can go do good with that information. That's great. Um, I wanted to just ask you while we're talking about um, what you're doing with UpEnd and educating people um, on, on how they can grow their businesses and their marketing strategies. What has your marketing strategy changed from when you started to what you're doing now to grow your two businesses? You know, no, not at all. Uh, and so with, with Savings Angel, it's only just gotten bigger. So we only, we just do more of what we did in the past. What we did in the past worked. When I got my first article on the front page of the business section of my local newspaper, we ended up getting like $400, $500 worth of sales in that one day. And that was my biggest money day that I had ever made uh, with Savings Angel. And I thought, oh my gosh, I need to do more of this. So then I started doing bigger, you know, more media markets, more newspapers, um, and just finding ways of giving them content in a way that they could use it. Um, and so no, we haven't changed it. We haven't started doing Google AdWords. We don't do Facebook advertising. We just don't spend money that way. Um, so from that point of view, no, that hasn't changed. And when I launched Upend PR two years ago, um, it's kind of the same thing. I, I you know, I'm not going to start marketing and paying a bunch of uh, a bunch of money to Facebook or Google or buying billboards or buying newspaper ads. Um, instead, if I just focus on instead of marketing messages, but uh, organic content, and I really, really ask myself, what is the most valuable content I can give this audience? And I start there, then. I know that I'm going to impact the lives of enough people that they're going to want to come and do business with me. Who is your ideal client at Upend PR? It would be the small business entrepreneur, likely a digital entrepreneur or business owner who is, they, they've got sales coming in. Like they've got some budget to work with. They are now looking for the next level. They're like, okay, whew, got the, got the immediate bills paid for now. We're, we're, we're a little bit profitable now. Let's step on the gas. Let's pour some gasoline on the fire and really grow this thing. And that's where we really take over. We fine tune their sales funnels and then we really get them in front of a lot of very, very large audiences. And as a result, you know, they're able to take, you know, maybe a few thousand dollars in sales every month. And they're now able to take that to, you know, tens of thousands of dollars of sales in a month. Um, we have client, we have clients that make seven figure incomes. Um, you know, we have clients that are, you know, a little bit earlier in the game. Maybe they just, they have a book that's coming out and they, they want to make sure that, um, you know, that they, uh, that they get enough 
people buying the book and, and engaging in business with them. So we just make launch campaigns work a lot better. We make, uh, you know, people who are growing their business and, um, maybe they have a new product that they want to unveil. Um, we work with some pretty amazing clients and it's, and it's a real honor to be able to do the type of work that we do. That's great. I want to, I want to test you here. Um, and I didn't warn you about this, but if, if I was to ask you, I'm pretty sure you've, you've maybe worked with a business coach or a consultant, right? Um, how can, give me a case study of somebody that you've helped in that sort of industry um, and how you've managed to get them in front of the media and some of the results that they've been able to see. Right. Um, so, I mean, gosh, we've got so many. Um, let me give you the example of Mark Ferguson from investformore.com. So, Mark is a podcaster. Mark um, is a blogger, and he also has products and services that he sells that teaches people how to make money with real estate, and um, prefer you know uh, mostly with uh, with rentals, and uh, does some house flipping and that sort of thing. So. Um, so Mark and I started working together and, um, we immediately took a look at his authority. That's usually where we start with most clients because when you reach out to influencers, you're either going to get a yes or a no or a no response. And I want to make sure that you're getting a response, first of all, and that that response is very favorable. Well, how do influencers know how to respond to you? Now, sometimes it has a great deal to do with the pitch, the thing that you're asking for. You know, you want that blogger or that YouTube celebrity or that amazing big podcaster or that journalist, that producer, you want them to say something nice about you to their audience. Well, what they're going to do when you reach out to them, is they're going to take a look at your website and they're going to take a look at you on social media and they may do a Google search on you. They're going to do their due diligence and, um, you know, they're going to make a judgment on that. And it might sound superficial, but Davis, we all do that. We get emails on a daily basis from people that are trying to offer us something. And so we need to we need to make a decision about that. And, um, and, and so we make that decision based on, on clues that, you know, things that we pick up. So, uh, it, it, you know, I'll just tell you, these are the three most important, like if you were to start your public relations work, sometimes I speak to a room of people and I say, okay, for the next 15 minutes, I want you guys to all do PR work, go. And then I make them sweat a little bit and they say, okay, what were you planning on doing? <laughs> and they say, uh, I don't know, sending out a press release? Uh, I don't know, just start uh, talking to a bunch of uh, uh, journalists and influencers. And I say, well, that's probably the worst thing that you could do. Um, because again, if you do that and you don't have your authority established, you're going to get a lot of no's. So how do you build your authority? Well, you just, number one, you just have to have a good looking website. It needs to be responsive. It needs to show engagement. Uh, it needs to look like you're a professional. So you're just going to have to bite the bullet and make some investments there. Number two is you need to actively use social media in a very intelligent way. Now, the number one go-to social media platform when you want to work with influencers and particularly those in the media is Twitter. 
So you have to use Twitter. I don't care if you like it or don't like it. It doesn't matter. You can like or not like the telephone. You just have to treat Twitter like a communications platform. You don't have to love it, but you at least need to invest a little bit of effort into building up some engagement, building up some followers, and by all means, make sure that you have a professional profile and it's going to meet your needs because, again, you're going to be judged on that. Now, I would also say LinkedIn is also important, but that would be a a distant number two. And in terms of, well, who is this person? Are they important? And then number three is any journalist that you work with. I mean, if they're a legitimate uh, news outlet, they're going to do a quick Google search on you because they want to make sure that they're only working with the best. So right now, if you Google my name, Josh Elledge, I can tell you exactly what you're going to find. Uh, matter of fact, you're welcome to do that, Davis, right now, and you can tell me what you see. Uh, you could, there was a Josh Elledge that recently died. You can skip that one. <laughs> but aside from that, I can tell you exactly what the first four pages of search results are, are going to be like 80% all about the work that I've done with other bloggers, podcasters, journalists, news stories. I am just very active in looking for ways that I can provide value that way. You're absolutely right. I mean, and, and I did do a search. So just work on those three things. Yeah. Well, what I was going to say is that if you just work on those three things, then what you'll find is that when you do pitch journalists and influencers, they are much more likely to say yes. And that's what we want because it's frustrating to send an email to a bunch of people and nobody emails you back. I get people that say that all the time. I tried PR. It doesn't work. Say, well, let me, let me dig in a little bit and I could probably tell you why they're not responding, right? It's really frustrating. Like when they don't even tell you no, you just like, they just don't respond back. Well, you know, and again, it's, it's, it's our authority that often um, premeditates that yes or no. So I'll take you back, Josh, to 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 Mark in the real estate space. So um, you you've put all these together for 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 his business. Um, what what results do you see? Oh my gosh! Well, you know, in in one month alone, we were able to get him twenty eight media placements, including in the United States, the Associated Press, the Washington Post. Uh, and I mean, it was kind of coast to coast that, that, uh, that he was able to get a lot of media attention as a result, his traffic spiked. He has a lot of products and services for sale on his site. And so he was able to make a lot of money from that. And, uh, so that would be a perfect example. Um, we have another client, Shaden uh, Diab in France. She's now a regular contributor to France 24 because she had a cause that she was very passionate about. Um, we helped make a connection. She established a relationship. She performed well on TV, and now she's invited back over and over and over again. Um, we've got, um, you know, I, I'm, gosh, we've got, I've got several people now. Uh, I've got a relationship coach, um, Roy Biancalana, with coaching with Roy. He's now um, being invited to be on an Australian reality TV show uh, where they're going to be going to Fiji for a month, and he gets to be one of the uh, experts who gets to enjoy a month-long vacation in Fiji and uh, and uh, be part of this dating reality show where he gets to help couples, uh, you know, with their relationships. So we've got another client that also does real estate in Chicago, Illinois. 
And uh, they, again, part of a reality TV show uh, with an upcoming um, real estate uh, program on a business channel. Uh, and, you know, these are the kind of opportunities that happen when you put yourself out there. So a lot of times people have this misconception and business owners and creatives have this misconception often where they say, if I just do my craft and I just, if I just keep making pies, the right person is going to taste that pie and I'm going to get famous overnight. Now I have some, some harsh truth for you. That's not how getting discovered works. If you want to get discovered, you need to be very actively working on getting yourself discovered. So you have to keep introducing yourself to more and more audiences. And as you do that, that's going to expose you to the right people. And as you build your media credibility, then you'll be better suited for larger and larger media outlets and larger audiences. And as you build up your media credibility, bigger and bigger media outlets are going to say yes. And we all know, Davis, that if you can get someone very famous to wave their magic wand and say, guys, you totally need to go to this website right now and sign up. And they have a huge audience of like a million people. Yeah, you're pretty much rich overnight. And so <laughs> that's kind of what we want to have happen with all of our clients. I, that's a good point you make there, Josh. And I've, I can't remember who it was, but I believe they had an Oprah moment. Um where they went on Oprah and they had nothing to market. And uh, all these people went to their website and they just found nothing. So how do you monetize? How do you coach to people to monetize? And how did you do it? I am a total nerd when it comes to sales funnels. And so, you know, we have to take a look at how, and this is one of the earliest questions I ask a new business owner is I say, tell me how you make your money. And in the future, where would you like to make more money from? And I'll be honest, sometimes, Davis, the answers they give me, I have to be very frank with them and say, you know what? That's great, but it's not scalable. You're going to have to, you know, let's let's talk about what happens when we get a thousand people on your website and all of a sudden everybody wants to pay you $20 an hour to do that work for them. What are you going to do then? And you have to think about those big problems. So for us, our mission, Davis, and you know, it's going to take us a few years, but we will have 1,000 clients who are all very, you know, they're successful business owners, and we're getting them a ton of media, and they all pay us about $1,000 a month or up. And that's a great business to have. And so in order for me to get there, I have to begin with the end in mind, and I have to ask myself, what is that business going to look like? How do I support a thousand clients? Uh, and, and I want to do that because I just believe it's my birthright to, to serve other people in this way. Um, you know, when I work with a client, I, you know, and I help them get, you know, have these discoveries, it, it, there's just no greater feeling. So similarly with our client, we need to start with the end in mind and then we work backwards and we figure out what activity is going to drive that sort of business. And a lot of times, just like you talked about, I might look at their website and I say, it is very difficult for people to do business with you. If I go to their website and it says, sign up for my newsletter and that's pretty much it. 
I, I'm like, how many? I ask him a question. How many people sign up for your newsletter? Not very many. Why do you think that's the case? I don't know. It's like, well, you're not really offering them anything. Like, nobody wants to, quote-unquote, sign up for your newsletter. That's it's just like, we don't want to do that. But if you say, download my free resource guide, you know, my seven favorite tools I use to get free media... Well, that's what I offer at UpNPR, and as a result, my conversion rate is really good. <laughs> and I make that single offer very, very big and bold. I don't confuse people with lots of messages. And similarly, you know, this is what I coach our members to do: is just like don't give people too many choices at the beginning. You need to give them one choice, and that is, hey, you saw me on TV. Here I am on my website. You came here because you want to learn more. Or you're interested in what I was talking about. Here's something for free. And we have to honor where the relationship is with that audience. If they just saw you in a five-minute radio interview or whatever, they saw your quote in um, you know, some tech crunch or Mashable or something like that, they're not ready to buy your $1,000 product. They need a lot more exposure before they do that. So you need to give them something for free. And then you need to honor that relationship and walk them through the process of working more and more with you. Then after the free download, you might offer them something like I have a free or a Twitter publicity mastery course that I normally sell for a hundred dollars. Well, if you know, for if you know how to, you know, if you know how to click on the right stuff on my website, you're going to get an offer where you can buy it for six dollars. And when see when people see that, a lot of people will buy that, and that's called a tripwire. So again, I'm a real nerd on this sales funnel stuff, and so this is largely what I do with clients: is I I help them optimize their sales funnel. Now on on the thank you page for the five ninety nine product or the five dollar product, then we can start looking at you know offering something that's like a couple hundred dollars or something like that. Uh, and then ultimately, you know, people just need to get comfortable with you enough and they have to respect you enough and just know that any big ticket item, people are just not going to buy until they talk to somebody on the phone or on Skype. So just know that going into it as much as you would like to systematize, uh, you know, a sales funnel where people are giving you thousands of dollars without ever talking to you. Good luck with that. Doesn't really work that way. Um, and that's okay, right? Because that's part of the whole process. So now once we have that put in place, that's the perfect formula. And I call this the publicity sales funnel system because audiences that come visit you from a media uh, hit, a media segment, are much warmer, much more likely to do business with you than people are like, okay, what ad is this? Okay, it's some ad in Facebook. Okay, I'm going to click on that. And now they look at whatever your lead page is or your lead capture page. And then they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. What are you trying to sell? Right? Because they're just skeptical because you initiated the relationship um, with with a sales message. And so it's much better that you initiate the relationship with just giving, giving, giving. Yeah. Wow. That was um, huge, uh, huge value bombs there. Appreciate it. Um, we're coming to the top, top of the hour here. So I want to shift a little bit into a couple of quick questions and um, I'll challenge you here to, to, to run quickly with me here. What was your biggest breakthrough moment in your business um, uh, let's talk about your yeah, um, your uh, savings angels business. Well, the biggest breakthrough was when we got those big media 
outlets. And we get clients like this uh, quite often, Davis, where they say, well, I I just want to get on Oprah. I say, okay, we can get you on Oprah. We've helped clients do this in the past. It's not you know, it's not difficult for us. But let me just tell you that you got two paths to do that. Number one is I'm not going to do it, but I'm going to refer you to a very expensive PR firm. You are going to pay them sixty to eighty thousand dollars and they will get you on Oprah. And they say, you know, they, they spit out their water or coffee or whatever, and they're like, What? I'm like, that's the way that it works. Or number two, we could you could earn your way there and to earn your way there you need to start with local media you need to start with digital influencers and you know a little bit smaller and you need to earn your way there and you work your way up the ladder and so you know when i got my big breakthrough where I had that front page of the Grand Rapids Press newspaper in the business section. That was a very, very big day for me. And that, Davis, that night, I went out on the back porch, and I remember staring up at the stars, and my eyes started watering, and I thought, you know, oh, you know, God, thank you so much for blessing me with this. But Really, this was one thing that I was thinking about at the time, but but really afterwards I thought, you know, what I, what I'm really thanking for is the whole process. It's the journey, the journey that made me who I was at that moment, the journey where I said yes to some very small things and some very small opportunities, which then started building upon each other. And as a result, they just started accumulating into this large exposure and this large operation. And at that point, I thought, you know, that, that, you know, this was just, this was really today was just symbolic of what I had been experiencing for the past year or so. It's like being able to, and I've run a couple of marathons and, um, you know, when I crossed the finish line, it wasn't that I was just overwhelmed with emotion and I wasn't overwhelmed with emotion because of the past five hours of running. I was overwhelmed with emotion because of the past five months of training and it all culminated in that moment and so it's kind of the same thing you know when you build 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 and then because of your sacrifice and your investment in the things that don't feel like they're really paying off and then all of a sudden you have these moments where they do that's that's what it's all that's you know those are just the moments that make it all worthwhile absolutely um i love that story actually that that's great uh, great breakthrough moment I've got 30 seconds here to ask you to sh- share with us how a day in your life looked when you started versus a day in your life today. Okay. Well, so when I started, I was working about 16 hours a day. I kid you not. Um, I had grit. And grit is what you need, especially at the beginning, when you can't afford to um, delegate as much as you need to. Um, you know, you can only delegate, you know, what you can afford. And you could try to get people to help you for free and crowdsource things, but you kind of get what you pay for. Um, but at the beginning, you have to do everything. And, uh, you know, I, I've heard so many people talk about this. I, you know, we've built Savings Angel, uh, you know, the, at, at the most, I think we had over 50 employees uh, at, at the, our largest. Uh, and, We've gotten a lot more streamlined since then, but I had to do every single one of those jobs 
in order for me to be able to delegate more and more and more. So similarly with upend PR, I now have a team of, of five people and I did every single one of those jobs. And, um, you know, when you, when you get to that point, when you can start delegating business gets easier. So today I don't work 16 hours a day, but you know, I'm still at the beginning stages of up NPR uh, for all intents and purposes. So, you know, I end up working 10 to 12 hours uh, a day. Uh, my weekends though, I, I spend completely almost entirely with my children. Um, so I sacrifice uh, a lot uh, but then I make sure that I've always got time scheduled for my family because kids grow up quick and I do not want to be that dad that regrets that I spent way too much time building my business. And then, you know, now when the kids have left, well, now is when I have the time I want to, it's, you know what I, you know, my advice to business owners oftentimes too, is just be patient. If it takes you five years to build a six figure income but it's a passive six-figure income, and you've designed a lifestyle with you for yourself that's just wonderful, that's one. That's great. That's a whole lot better than most jobs will provide you. So, um, you know, so again, I'm not in a big old hurry. If, if it takes, you know, for me to get to a thousand clients, if it takes me another five years or 10 years, I'm cool with that. <laughs> I don't think it's going to take that long just based on the rate we're growing. But, um, yeah, you know, so patience is, is, is really critical to that. Hey, that's, that's amazing. I can, t- I can hear the passion in your voice. Um, hey, what's the best way for people to connect with you, Josh? Oh, sure. And as a matter of fact, um, I, I, I'd like to, because I, I know uh, that, that you're developing a, a really new and, and great platform uh, for, for people to learn how to grow their own businesses. Um, so the Twitter publicity course that I had uh, mentioned earlier that I retail for $99 on my website, um, I can give your listeners a coupon code right now. And uh, matter of fact, if you go to upendpr.com, forward slash fire f i r e well if you do that um that hundred dollar twitter publicity mastery course uh your listeners can have for free uh please don't it's you're welcome to if you want um davis but to those listening to it please don't share this on social media and all that this is only for people who are friends of davis uh and so they have to listen to the podcast and they can get this offer um but but i would love for you to be able to learn how i specifically use twitter to reach out with any influencer on the planet how to build lots of followers and how to build a lot of authority so that you can end up making a lot of money as an entrepreneur well that's amazing and totally appreciate that um up npr.com slash fire um hey thank you really really appreciate you for coming uh, on the show i just want to acknowledge you for everything you're doing in the marketplace uh, for all that you've done for the last 10 12 years with with savings angels and now with um up npr uh, and for all the wisdom you have shared here freely on on this show um I had a bunch more questions to ask you. Maybe we'll, we'll, maybe we'll get you another time and then talk a bit more. But, um, but I really thank you. Really grateful. You are a true business general. Thank you so much, Davis. I appreciate the opportunity to serve. Hey, what's up, Business Journals family? Thank you for joining me and for listening to the Business Journals podcast. Connect with me at Davis Mutabwa. That's D-A-V-I-S-M-U-T-A-B. 
WA. Connect with me on Facebook, on Twitter, on LinkedIn, and you can certainly find me at our podcast blog, businessjournals.com. And while you're there, remember to access all the show notes, a ton of free resources, killer training, and so much more. Love you guys. Thank you for joining me. Ciao.